0: Thank you for joining us. Today on Drawing Near, we continue a challenging section of the book of Revelation. In chapter 17, we read of John's vision of Babylon the Great and the Beast. As we noted the last time, this passage has challenged scholars and readers alike for centuries. Although there are challenges in interpreting these verses, we can have confidence that God's primary truths to us Can be understood. So please open your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 17, and join us for The Mystery Explained. As we get ready for our study today, would you join me in prayer? And Father, we thank you for the mysteries of your word, those things that we currently do not understand. There have always been mysteries, and those mysteries in the Old Testament. Many of them have become known to us today. As we have watched history unfold, and so much of those mysteries unfold in Jesus Christ, we gain understanding. Much of what you talk about in this section of your word is ahead of us, and therefore has an element of mystery. And even though this passage is explained by the angel to John, it doesn't mean that we fully understand it. We understand there is wide speculation about the meaning of this passage, the who's who of this passage. But Father, help us to not only zero in on who's who, but on what you are accomplishing through these individuals who are nameless. You are sovereign God, and you are God over the beast, over the dragon, over the harlot, over the kings, over the nations. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. That gives us comfort and peace. Thank you for being our Father and our Savior. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Revelation chapter 17, verse 6, we were told that John marvels at this vision that he sees. In verse 7, we're told, But the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her. The word mystery here literally means, I will tell you the hidden truth, that which is veiled. I will pull back the curtain for you. So he's going to explain to John the hidden truth of the woman and the beast that carries her, this beast which has seven heads and ten horns. He goes on in verse 8 and says, The beast that you saw was and is not, and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth, will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life, from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. So the explanation is going to involve the mystery of the woman, the harlot, and of the beast, the Antichrist, that carries her. He describes the Antichrist, as we have seen before, having seven heads and the ten horns, and the beast is also further described as one who was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. He gives us, at the end of all of this, in verse 8, somewhat of a clue. Those on the earth, when this takes place, are going to marvel all of those whose names are not written in the book of life. What are they going to marvel at? They're going to marvel when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. In verse 9, we read, Here is the mind which has wisdom, or here is the explanation. The seven heads on the beast are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. So the seven heads of the beast are seven mountains. Mountains are often used in the scripture to represent empires, and they are also seven kings. The seven empires, in all likelihood, are the Egyptian Empire, the Assyrian, the Babylonian, the Medo Persian Empires, Greece, and Rome, and then the Empire of the Antichrist. These seven mountains, or these kings, five of them have fallen. One was in power at the time John is writing this, and the other has not yet come. So we know that the first five, Egyptian, Assyrian, Babylonian, Medo-Persian Empire, and the Greek empires have all fallen. Rome was in power while John was writing this, exiled on Patmos. And then the empire of the Antichrist is yet to come. We are told at the end of verse 10, when the empire of the Antichrist comes, he must continue a short time. Now, if you've been reading and following along with us in our study of Revelation, I hope you remember that the Antichrist, when he is ruling and reigning, he is going to receive a mortal wound. He's going to be reigning as the emperor. He's going to be killed or appear to be killed. And then he's going to resurrect or come back to life or appear to come back to life. That is what is being referenced in verse 11 when it says, The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth, and is of the seven, and is going to perdition. So this final king, this final empire, is the beast that the woman sits on. He was, he was in power, and is not, he died, and when he comes back to power, he appears to be an eighth king. He is of the seven that we've been talking about in these verses, the seven hills, or the seven kings. And then we are told at the end of verse 11, And is going to perdition. He is going to eternal damnation. I'm not sure we can overstate the importance of the Antichrist receiving the mortal wound that kills him, or appears to kill him, and then his appearance to come back to life. Satan, the dragon, is using him to duplicate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This may very well be the pinnacle moment between the first three and a half years of the tribulation and the second three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. Well, on in verse 12 we read, The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beasts. In other words, when the Antichrist assumes power, there are going to be ten subordinate kings who are going to serve with him for a brief period of time. They're not going to have the same authority. They're going to be under his authority. Verse 13 tells us about these kings. They are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. We should highlight in this passage, already twice we've been told that the Antichrist is going to go to perdition. And now we're told, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is Lord of lords and King of kings, and he will be victorious in his war with the ten kings that rule and reign underneath the Antichrist. It is important to see over and over again that as marvelous and as great as this beast and this woman appear to John, they are defeated already. They are already going to hell. They are going to lose. Because on the other side of this great conflict is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who come with Jesus to do battle are those who are called, chosen, and faithful. That is a description of the saints, of the believers, of Christians. Called by God, chosen by God, and faithful to God. We need to see the note of victory. The clarity in this passage that shows the power and the rule of the other side. We may not be certain about some things in this passage. There may be some debate over who's who and what's what. What cannot be debated is all those who stand opposed to the Lord God will be defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ. We're told in verse 15 Then the angel says to John, The waters which you saw, Where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So all of the people are under this harlot's influence. They have been taken in, they have been made to drink the wine of her blasphemies. Verse 16 And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. We are going to see the demise of this harlot in the following chapter. But these ten kings do not like her. This conflict is going to result in them rising up against her and utterly destroying her. Verse 17. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Again, we note that God is in complete control. He is the one who is working even in the lives and hearts of these kings. And then, verse 18, we're told, And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. We are told in many places in the New Testament that there have been many antichrists that have gone out into the world. In other words, the spirit of the antichrist has always been in the world. But that spirit is going to take physical form in the final Antichrist in a literal human being. In the same way, the spirit of Babylon, the spirit of this woman, the harlot, has always been in the world, seducing kings, making people drink the wine of her blasphemies. She's always been in the world trying to corrupt and pervert the things of God. She is the spirit and the influence behind all of the persecution all of the killing and martyrdom of the followers of God. She is the great city which reigns, which ultimately has influence over the kings of the earth. She is the woman who is sinful and seductive. She's attractive. Her influence reigns over the kings of the earth because they have committed adultery with her. They are in bed with her. She's a spirit that has always been in the world And she will take the form of a literal human being who will suffer the wrath and judgment of her influence during this end time. And as I've noted, we will see her ultimate destruction in the next chapter. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your explanations of the mysteries of your word. But primarily, I thank you for the clear references to your victory, to your power, to your control over all of these things. That gives me great peace and comfort. Father, I pray that you work in our hearts and lives, that we might be faithful as the called and chosen of God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and he will draw near to us.